Hi, welcome to our podcast, Like Jasper. My name is Sarah Calvin, and I'm your host, along with my fabulous cousin, Brittany Gonzalez. Our podcast comes from a scripture found in Revelations 4.3, where in John's vision, he attempts to describe the indescribable image of Christ and says he is like Jasper. Our hope is to be more like him daily and come alongside of you to encourage and build you up in your faith. Join us on today's episode of Like Jasper. Who's up for round two? (laughs) (laughs) You know, from, okay, never mind. This is marriages part two. And I want to let Sarah take it away because if you listen to marriage part one, I don't know, we're going to name it, but it's about marriage. I talked the entire time. So we got some good, good things to share. And I'm going to let Sarah talk. (laughs) It's so funny how you always feel like you... (laughs) I'm over here just like enjoying it no I don't think anyone ever feels that way but it's you. just my head well all right I, it's just me you know I get there I get in that place so either way though I still Love need it. you to talk <laughs> <laughs> so last podcast you mentioned something about um the souls joining together in marriage and spirits joining together and I just kind of wanted to share something that God put on my heart specifically on that topic. And I know that the world always talks about like soulmates and, you know, love at first sight and all of that. And I know that lot, there's been lots of discussions of like, Oh, do you believe in soulmates? Do you not? And it's not about that at all. Mm. <laughs> I do think though, that there is like, when you are married to your spouse, you become soulmates Right. And I don't mean like the predestined, oh, you only have one soulmate. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about that. This is completely different side of like soulmates, because when you are married with your spouse and your souls are connecting and your spirits are connected or joined by a greater spirit, which of course is Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. um, you're joined together and you're like become this soul mate, so to speak. Um, You're basically it's not just like i'm not talking about soulmates of like oh you you know we love each other all of that it's like your souls are joining together and i think about like your spiritual dimensions of marriage like the spiritual it and when you're you're united together into like an unbreakable bond Mm -hmm. you know and when marriage like marriage thrives when the souls are nourished. And so your souls connect, your spirits connect it under one spirit, the mm-hmm. Holy spirit. And I think of that as like a soul mate, which is a really cool picture. And I had never really thought of soulmates ever that way before. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. But when I was studying for this podcast and reading scriptures and praying over it, that really like became like an aha moment for me. Of like, Oh, not like what the world says soulmates are, mm-hmm. <laughs> but as a as a married couple you join together your soul your spirits and then you it becomes nourished and it becomes i don't know i don't know if i'm doing a good job no you are you are you i think you are and and that's like what i had looked up too um is genesis 2 24 whenever it says that he a man will leave his for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and unites that word is also cleave And it means cling, stick to, stay close, 
follow closely, overtake, abide. And the thing Mm -hmm. that I want to bring, and it says, uh, it also says, pursue closely, adhere Mm. to, yeah. So the abide one stuck out to me. I mean, that one and pursue, because that's an, an active choice, right? Like that's part of marriage for sure. But the abide, um, the interesting thing, of course, is that we know in scripture, God says, you know, abide in me and I in you, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches, all mm-hmm. of that. It's a, it's a relationship, like, like a, I don't know if symbiotic's the word, cause I'm going to be honest. I don't think I know what that word means fully. So I'm going to not use it just in case <laughs> it means something I don't think, but I'm, I'm thinking of like, it, it go, I think that I'm thinking of like a cell. You know, when a cell, mm-hmm. it joins together, like, yeah. like birth, like when, when the yeah. creation of a life, these two things come together and it becomes one. And now there's yeah. a new life and your marriage is a new life that oh, has come that. together. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's so good. Yeah. It's so good to my heart too. And, and when I think about that, you know, I think about like that baby, cannot fully form absent its mother right like Mm -hmm. what they're what it's abiding inside of in the same way your marriage when you're joined together and now you become one it's exactly what you were just saying I'm just saying different words you said this just a second ago I thought that was so godly um because you have to be about you have to be rooted in Christ and you're not you I mean yes you I don't mean to say that that excludes you I mean think of your marriage as its own power source mm-hmm. think of your marriage as it because it is because it's a picture of christ in the church so it's its own yeah. and it has been united it's together it is mm-hmm. abiding like you and your husband abide in each other as christ yep. abides in you and he and god and us and it's like it is literally he uses the same words to describe him inside of us and he and his father as he does as marriage and so yep you know, that's why it's such a power source. And I, and I think, um, what I was going to say a second ago too, that when you're saying the mate side, like we hear soul mate and we think, Oh, uh-huh. you know, like you're saying, but like, Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Goodness. She's my soulmate. Right. I love you forever. <laughs> and then you break right. up on social media. Yeah. <laughs> so not that, but the side no. that is when, whenever, um, whenever God forms Adam, everything Mm -hmm. in, in, in creation is good. God sees it and it's good. But what is the only thing he says is not good for man? It's not good that man should be alone. I will create a helper. So the Mm -hmm. description of woman is the description of the Holy spirit. Yeah. Um, we are our husband's helper helper. Yes. And, um, you go on. I have so much to say on that, but I know that. No, say that. Keep going. That's great. So I think that that, you know, when I was talking about in the other podcast, how much it used to drive me crazy when I would hear things at marriages like, oh, honor, you know, what says honor husband, wives, honor your husband, husbands, love your wives. I'm like, oh, I got to honor him. But what he gets off scot-free. That was how my mind is. But God's design of marriage, just hear me out, set aside what the world says for just two seconds, just two, two seconds and listen to this design. This help mate, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we mate. We're designed to be his helper. He cannot do it alone. It's not that you are less. There's places in scripture where it says, I don't have this one. I don't know if by chance God led you to it, but where we're called the weaker vessel. Do you have, you don't happen to have that scripture. Do you? 
I don't. Okay, that's fine. I don't have to have it because the point is, he's not talking about a weaker vessel in a less than stance. And so when God says we're, you know, our husband's helper and he's the head and he's this, it is because we need each other to function properly. Like Mm -hmm. the weaker vessel does not mean it's a less than vessel. It means the husband's job is to cherish. This is something that could be broken. And my job is to protect, to love to nurture, to cherish. We're not like fragile in the sense that we might break, but we are precious. It -hmm. is a precious commodity when he calls it the weaker vessel. The language there is reflecting the preciousness of a wife to a husband. And he says it Mm -hmm. over and over and over in scripture. I have, um, um, in Proverbs. that scripture up if you want it. You pulled it up? Yes. Give it to me. Yeah. It is first Peter three, seven, and it says, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, showing honor there. See, I was going to say, I know that the original language in that he's not saying, oh, she's weak and she's pathetic. You take Mm -mm. care of her. He's saying she is so Mm -hmm. precious. You must honor her. Um, and, And they use the word the weaker vessel, but that original language is not referring to a like I said, a less than status. That was so good. I actually have it right here, but I didn't write it out all the way. I just wrote it to go look back later because it goes back to the point of when, you know, if scripture is being used over you for abuse, God is very, very, very serious about a way a husband should treat his wife. He even says that a husband's prayers will be hindered do you have that? Can you pull that up? I don't have that either. Yeah. Wait, maybe I do. No, I don't. Hang on. <laughs> um, I have so many scriptures, guys, but I don't have I know that what you do. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. You can keep going and I'll look it up. Okay. And it comes back to here. I knew there was another part I wanted, point I wanted to make. 1 Corinthians 11, 9 through 12 says, Neither has a man created for the sake of a woman, but a woman for the man. For this reason, a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head. Because of the angels, in any case, the Lord... um, In the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For just as woman came from a man, so man comes from the through the woman. But all things come through God. So God's talking over and over and over again of how when he the design he has is because he has created Adam in a specific way with specific characteristics and traits that make him the leader but he's not a leader that can do it without a helper like the lead is not because he's superior it's because his design is for that role and the woman's role is to be the the helper that's like hey you know here's here's a different perspective but the whole point is not that even it's that All of it comes from God. And if you can start to picture your marriage, not as this tit for tat thing, right? Like I did this, you did that. Well, you take out the garbage. Well, I did the dishes, did it like that thing. If you can, I put the, I put the laundry in the basket. So I win every argument from here on out. You know, (laughs) if we can get out of that mindset and see your marriage as an actual living, breathing 
power source created and designed by God. And when it operates, it is compared to Christ and his church. Yeah. Like, can we just get that for a second? Because it's so big and we get caught up in, oh, the weaker vessel. Oh, honor. Oh, respect. Oh, whatever. At least I did. Maybe this is just my testimony and nobody's ever been frustrated, but I find that difficult to believe. I feel like (laughs) society tells us otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, he goes on and is like, okay, well, woman was created for man. So she should have a symbol of authority, like as in an angel. But man, as woman was made for man, all men came through a woman. And so the point Mm -hmm. is, he says, but all things come from God. And so, you know, like he's coming back to the point of like, I'm not, he did not set us apart in our differences because one was greater or lesser he set us apart for differences so that when we come together as a whole we reflect Mm -hmm. we reflect christ Christ. yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah that's so good and i looked up the um bible verse and you won't believe this it's in the same verse as (laughs) (laughs) so embarrassing you shouldn't have said that it's not it's not there Mm -mm. no it's somewhere else it's somewhere else right well, I had only read, you know, A. And I interrupted the whole you. Thing. Okay. <laughs> it says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are he- heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. There it is. What, is, what does he have to do to her for his prayers not to be hindered? What did it say? Say it again. Um, the, se- the last part? Yeah. Uh, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life mm-hmm. so that your prayers may not be hindered. No, right before that, honor her, right? Honor. Yeah. Honor her. So uh-huh. when he honor dishonors you, because his... she's the heir of the grace. Yes. Of life. So when he dishonors you, when a husband dishonors you, his prayers are literally hindered. So this mm-hmm. is why it's so important for you to forgive him. This is why it's so important for you to get behind closed doors and pray for him in that place, because God takes it very seriously. If he's going to use man as an image of Christ, of his, of his son and you as the church, he's not playing about that. He's not playing about the seriousness of it. And he's also not playing about the power behind it. And so, um, and how he views it. So I, I do, you know, just want to say that again, cause it's, that's, what's on, I'm wanting in our, in our prayer ministry that we're doing, I'm hoping to remind Christians, everybody that we've prayed for so far has been Christian couples, but you guys are sitting on a source of power that Satan is very well aware of. He is very well aware of it. So if he can split that, if he can cut that off, he is just like, like I said, snarling with joy. That is his mission because it's, it's also the first um, uh, line of defense against the family in the next generation and generational curses for sure. yeah, and all the sure. things, you know, coming down the line. So, um, but likewise, if it's done like in a Christ, Christ like way, it could also be a generational blessing. Yes. That follows through. Yes. Right? Like, and we don't have to just look at the curse, which absolutely is there, but there's also generational blessings. A hundred percent obedience. And that's so good to remind us too, is that like, um, you know, if you feel like your family has a generational thing happening and we probably are going to do a podcast on generational curses and blessings too. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at your marriage and your family has history of divorce and history of divorce and history of divorce, you need to get along with God and say, I break off 
any agreement that has been made mm-hmm. in my family over divorce and just go ahead and speak yeah. that out. And, and it stops with you, right? Like you, yeah. it stops with you. And again, there's no shame. I'm not shaming anybody who's been divorced. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying there is a power source that I want all of us as couples to have and to operate in because I want to smack it to the enemy and I want judgment day to be a party. And I want to bring, I want us to all hurdle up over there you know, at the punch bowl in heaven where we're like, Hey, we did life together in our marriage. And it was a testimony. Look at the glory we brought to Jesus. You know, like I, obviously there's probably not going to be a punch bowl, but the point is I want to bring glory to Jesus in my marriage. That's what I'm saying. And I can't, you know, um, and, and give others that reminder too, that, you know, yeah, that I don't have to keep repeating myself in circles (laughs) and just go on and on. Uh, but I love when you repeat yourself in circles because each time you make a new point, that's always really good. Oh, that was <laughs> so sweet. I don't think it's true, but thank you for that. Um, it's true. Okay. I have, did you have anything for Proverbs 31? That was a question. Um, I mean, yeah, Proverbs 31 woman. I have lots on that, but I also have Titus 2. I want to hear Titus 2. I feel like that one is the one I really want to hear because I only have... Um, on Titus two, I wrote down Titus two, four, and then that was it. And then I didn't, I don't know what <laughs> happened. I think cause God gave it to you. He was like, eh, she'll get that part. You just write it and go on. So, <laughs> like, um, I want to, now there's a lot of pressure on me. Yeah. <laughs> pressure, pressure, pressure. <laughs> um, but I want to hear that. I want to hear about Titus two. I think that's a well, good place. What do you think? Specifically the Titus two is for the w- women. Mm-hmm. So if there's any men, it's, it's great. Keep listening. Don't just like, eh, this doesn't count for me because you could be praying this over your wife. You could be encouraging her in this, um, in all the ways like there's, you know, so I just wanted to throw that out there, but as women, Titus two is a great one. Of course, Proverbs 31. And that's probably the most famous one. Like we all want to be Proverbs 31 women, which is amazing. Fabulous. It's a great chapter. If you haven't read it, read it. If you haven't read it in a while, read it. Yeah. Read <laughs> again. it again. Like, so good. Right. It's so great. Um, but Titus two is one that often gets looked over and it's such a great one, both as women and as wives. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's really good. So I, I kind of want to just break it down a little bit. If you're good with that. Oh, yeah. Break it down, girl. (laughs) Stop. Stop. Gosh. Good thing this is a video. uh, Yeah. I don't want to break it down. I know. I just keep getting weirder as the podcast goes on. You're going to need to talk because it's just, I'm out of control at this point. (laughs) All right. So, um, I'm trying to figure out which verse to start with. I guess I'll just start with one. That's a good Um, place to start. Titus 2, verse 1. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, uh, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they could urge the younger women to love their husbands, children, and to be self-controlled and pure, to, uh, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Sim- and then it goes on to talk about the men. So men, if you're still listening, keep on reading down 
through six and 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 down because that's really really great as well Mm -hmm. but kind of breaking this down right reverent and behavior going back to like verses three and four there reverent and behavior let's kind of talk about what that would look like as a woman as a wife what to you Brittany is reverent in behavior what does that mean to you or look like to you I think reverent in behavior I mean reverent always has this like connotation of humility and kind of like honorable like you want to be quiet um, yeah. and like slow to speak and kind of take it all in like reverent of, I mean, I always use reverent in relation to God. Like I'm reverent of his, you know, will and his spirit. I'm, I'm subject to it. I think maybe yeah. I would say subject to it. And in behavior, yeah. I think that really kind of speaks to like your, you know, your outward, uh, actions and the things that you, how you present yourself kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I think as a, yeah, like that's how how we represent ourselves is how yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking about. And I think that it's really neat that you reference reverent to the Lord, because I think that's pretty common to do. But I love that because we want to be like Christ. Yeah. We want our lives and our actions to reflect him. So be reverent in behavior, mm-hmm. reflect Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Be, show respect. Um, we're not just going to go out and you don't want to just go out and live your life however you want mm-hmm. work world according to the world you want to be reverent behavior um not gossip i know the version that i read just now um used what was the term that they used um i think it was to be self-controlled mm-hmm. was that but my, the other version in the nasb it said not gossip and of course we don't want to be going around as gossipers that could ruin your marriage that could ruin friendships that could even ruin your own reputation um not to be enslaved to wine so this is one that i really like would love to chat about for a second because i know that our first instinct is to be like okay so don't get drunk you know check move on (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i think it's so much deeper right like Wine is one thing you could be addicted to, but what else is so easily to be addicted to? Your cell phone, um, work, um, your image, yeah, your image, right? Like Mm -hmm. so much food, both on both spectrums, eating whatever junk you want versus not eating hardly at all, you know, like so many things. Mm -hmm. And that really impacts your marriage, your parenthood. Your walk, yeah. I was gonna say your walk with God, because um, anytime we we get that in front of us, we we aren't, you know, we're 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 Mm -hmm. giving into the lust of the flesh kind of deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next part says teach what is good. Mm -hmm. So I think about teaching, um, our children right at home. You want to be teaching your children. You, not just our children, but I think that like the iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. Other women you can get together with, pray with. Um, learn from them and share with what you, what you know your thoughts too and they could be learning from you to teach what is good um, and then encourage others to love their husband that was another part um, I loved how this version and I don't even know what version of the Bible this one is oh this one is the NIV that I'm reading from mm. um, but the notes when I wrote this all down it was from the NASB but this version the NIV says um to be kind and to be subject to their husbands 
so that no one will malign the word of God. And I think that's so important that we don't want to just be kind to others. We don't want to just, um, you know, we don't want to just do all of these things because that's right and good. It's because if that way, no one can malign the word of God. And I think that's so important to really grasp that. Like our words, our actions really affect others. It affects our husbands. We can be stumbling blocks to our husbands. It mm-hmm. can be stumbling blocks to our children, our friends, our parents. Um, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, right. no pressure. You're fine. <laughs> Just know that every time we talk like that, we mean uh-huh. in Christ, you can do these things, yes. not on your own. Every single oh, time. Sure. Never, ever think that we mean like, oh, well, just try harder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. So I have the NET version. And mm-hmm. is it okay if I read that? I would love for you to. It says, um, but as for you, communicate the behavior that goes with sound teaching. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Older women, likewise, are to exhibit behavior fitting for those who are holy, not slandering, not slaves to excessive drinking, but teaching what is good. In this way, they will train the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, fulfilling their duties at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the message of God may not be discredited. And I I think maligned was a hard, I mean, I knew what it meant, but it was a harder word for me. And I really liked that. The reason that you need to be subject to your husband and the reason why older women need to train younger women to love their husband and their children is so that the message of God may not be discredited. Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, not that the message of God can be discredited, but that through you, they don't think you know, that there's something lacking there, you know, that God can't do, but cause he can. Um, yeah. Anyways, I didn't mean to stop you cause I know you're no, still going through so it. I'm so glad I actually like that version. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really good. That's great. It was, did you get to the very, did you, you said the malign part? Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I think that in general, like the, I don't know. I think that one, great example here is the older woman to the younger woman, Mm -hmm. right? If you're the younger woman, get wise older counsel. If you're the older woman who has hit years of spiritual growth, find a younger woman that you could counsel, Mm -hmm. right? Like support each other. And I think that's so important Mm -hmm. Um, as women, as women, I was going to say that exact thing as women, we have to hold each other together sometimes, um, especially because it's really interesting to note here that God felt like it was important to say that older women need to not share, not encourage. He literally says train, train mm-hmm. oh, yeah. younger women to yeah. love their husbands because um, innately the love and the shine wears off uh, carnally, right? Yeah. But that spiritual soul type joining that happens, mm-hmm. that doesn't wear off. And if if Satan can get you distracted by the what ifs and the whatnots, then 
you believe that you've fallen out of love with that person that you that this idea right. of being in love you can love somebody but not be in love with somebody and i understand mm-hmm. that and i'm not necessarily saying that that's not true but i'm also saying that the love that god has and the design that god has is so much deeper than that please don't don't exchange it for something as superficial as those two things like oh in love versus love god's love is Again, it is a power source. If you, I'll tell you this, Sarah has prayed for me a many number of times. One of the most powerful prayers in my life to date is her praying over my daughter, Lucy, and my daughter, Lucy is here today because of that. Okay. Sarah is a a prayer warrior. We, we, we war together. We pray together and we've seen many miracles together. Right. But when my husband lays his hands on me and prays for me there is a shift in the spiritual atmosphere that cannot be it cannot it's different it's a different thing Mm -hmm. and that's because of the power in the unity of marriage and so I kind of wanted to jump to the place where if you don't have if you don't have a husband that does that if you um I have many, many friends in my life who don't have Christian husbands. They don't, uh, they don't pray with them. They don't, they don't do anything like that with them, right? There's scripture that talks about how, what our character can win our husband over. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that if you can get in your quiet place after you've forgiven him and prayed for some healing, Pray for him as if he is that person already, okay? Because just because he's not a Christian and just because he's not a strong, uh, godly leader in your house, if he's not leading you astray from God, then honor him in his decisions. Honor him anyways. I think scripture shows us that when you do that, um, you know how a woman's desire is to be loved by her husband? A man's desire is to be respected by her, his wife. Um, right. And they don't even necessarily know that. Just like we don't really know that actually our deep desire is to be loved. Like we just feel like, I mean, we do, but we don't know. We don't really fully understand how deep it runs. Um, and a man, again, with not necessarily a high emotional IQ. Every man that possibly could listen to our our podcast just shut it off. They just shut it off right there. (laughs) But really, they if you think about the fights you've had with your husbands before, I bet if you get to the root of it, it was that he felt disrespected. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's with everything. So if you if you can pray about your husband to God that he is the spiritual leader, and I know many women have spent many years praying for that, and they haven't seen it yet. I I'm just gonna tell you just hold on. Okay. Just hold on because I believe that God is growing and showing and the man's, the man's innate design by God is for leadership. And so if you can honor him in anything that doesn't go against God's word, honor him in that, honor him, respect him and let him do it. And, and, um, actually just talking to a friend the other day that, you know, we was praying, we were praying together. Um, we were talking about their marriage and she's so funny. said, I said, if you can just don't argue with him, even if he's wrong, she was like, 
I'm going to have to pray really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just even if he's wrong, don't argue with him. Because like I said in the other podcast, I can out argue my husband like any day of the week. I can wipe the floor with him. But what did I win when I did that? The argument? Eh, maybe. I mean, for that one, you know. But I lost a whole lot more in the place. And I forfeited a lot of power and love in my marriage just to win an argument, just to, just to satisfy my flesh. And it undermines so much that God wants to do. And so that's something that I have to work on. I don't know, Sarah, what do you think? Like every day or maybe <laughs> sometimes every other day? Because um, it is hard for me to... Even though I have a godly husband who loves the Lord and who is an amazing father, there's something innately broken in me to trust him fully with decisions. If I haven't double and triple checked it, um, I struggle with that. Um, Sarah, I don't know if that's... Well, it comes a... down to control. I oh. think. If women in general or just have for. that control. I was uncalled for. You did not need to bring that up. <laughs> I did not have to have... That was like an assault against me. I didn't ask you to say that, but that is fine. You have control issues? What? Was that necessary in this? We're talking about marriage, okay? My control issues are not part of this. That is not oh, hindering our marriage at all. But I mean, for real, don't all of us women have control issues? yeah like that I really think I think that comes back to like the fall you know Adam Mm -hmm. and Eve the curse yeah I think I it becomes a battle of flesh because the husband is supposed to be the leader of of the home right and us women wrestle with that like we have we think about everything right we have a million drawers open in our mind all at once we're constantly filing things and sorting things and a million miles per hour and so we already we're like 10 steps of ahead of our husbands on our train of thought right yeah so we're like oh it needs to be this it needs to be that and if they're like oh still processing it or they have a different opinion we're like no <laughs> absolutely like, not what are you talking about? did you even think you that know? through or did you just yeah, say the like, first thing that, that came to your mind over two days ago like <laughs> where were you <laughs> and i'm pretty sure i told you it and i wrote it on a note and i stuck it over there for you to read and you did not um yeah yeah and they and i think it comes back to if you see too in the fall what was the first I mean, we always talk about pride being the sin, but what did Adam not do? He did not lead his wife. So we want to, yeah. we want to crack down on Eve, but you should have said, mm-hmm. no, don't, not okay. Stop it. No. And well, likewise, she should have sought her husband's wife's counsel. Absolutely. And so, uh, right there, it was topsy-turvy and, and that's kind of what we see when how okay let's all think about how bad the fall was and let's try to say oh, okay that no that is bad let's do this <laughs> you know put our put our our carnal our need for control which I don't have an issue with and go <laughs> from there because if we can if we can honor our husband in something and respect him it is it is innately number one, doing what God told you to do. Number two, it's denying your flesh because he's really wrong and he needs to know that, but he doesn't actually need to know that he doesn't actually, because you have to believe that God's actually smarter than you and that he can bring your husband to a place that you can't. I know it's a shock and awe sort of thing. Like I cannot, let me read this scripture to you because 
sometimes it makes me cringe. Proverbs 21, 19. Actually, there's about, mm, I don't know, four or five places that say this. It's better for, it is better to live in the wilderness than with a quarrelsome and easily provoked <laughs> woman. Proverbs 21, 9 says it's better to live of a housetop than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife and I know and I'm like well that is again uncalled for um <laughs> but really oh, like ow. if we can kind of set when we when we follow God's line alignment okay first of all what he's asked us to do and how he's asked us to treat you know our husbands and and love them how we love them is by respecting them it's really one and the same um mm-hmm. Then we're also denying our flesh. So it's a double whammy. We're also um, pouring in uh, Christ ordained power back into the organism that is your marriage. And ultimately there begins to be a flow that kind of cycles, right? Like I deny Mm -hmm. my flesh. I follow what God said to do. Blessing and honor is coming my way. And if you can think about it like that more with Christ, obviously this is only done through Christ because otherwise I'm thinking about how incredibly wrong he is and that I need to tell him. Um, Mm -hmm. Then, then, you know, you, you will start to see that you are basically um, like harvesting. You're harvesting your marriage, right? You're planning, you're yeah. reaping, you're sowing. You're planning, you're reaping, you're sowing. Um, I feel like some of those words were synonyms, but you got the point. Um, <laughs> where was Yeah, it? I think that's so good. I think too, like um, there is a time and a place to to almost, I don't know if necessarily call out, but hold hold accountable to your husband. Yeah, right? like you, yep. he, Yeah, because you are the helper. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you can never no, 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 win no, no. an argument ever again. It's not that you, every time there's an argument, you just sit there silently and just let it, right? There, there but there comes like pick and choose your battles. Yep. Is this really worthy of put, potentially putting bitterness or resentment or is this really, you know, versus, okay, yes, this needs to be dealt with. We need to lay this on the table. I'm going to hear, you know, yeah. so I don't want us to, to accidentally relay that message that we have. No, to I don't want to relay that message. Argument. I would say when it comes to a disagreement or something that is very hard and fleshly that's happening, number one, take a moment and pray uh, the blood of Jesus between you two out loud. Like I just mm-hmm. rebuke the flesh right now. I can feel us getting heated and I just pray the cross of Calvary between us. Okay. That's number yeah. one, because the enemy's coming at your flesh. Number two, ask yourself, can am I so heated that I can't control myself right now? Am I going to literally tell him he's stupid? If you're going to do that or say something worse, like I'm being obviously G-rated. I know a lot of husbands and wives that call each other terrible names. I want to be, I'm being funny. I've never called my husband stupid, not one day in our life. And I don't actually think he's stupid. I'm just being silly. I don't call people names. Um, I'm being funny. But, But really though, that is a horrible thing relationship to call names because your words have power and we haven't really even done a podcast on that but we need to because you're essentially cursing your husband so if we go back to the prayer thing let's double back a second forgiveness from you to him pray that he would forgive you pray for healing for him ask god to show you you know your shortcomings and then ask god to show you where you have cursed your husband oh he's just lazy and he's this and he's that like ask god to show you where you've spoken out curses over your husband because you may not think those are curses but the bible tells us differently and you need to take those back 
um, and be careful with your words. Um, yeah, be- rebuke them. Yeah, and and so then going back to the point Sarah made that we're not. I'm not trying to make the point that you can never disagree with your husband or bring wisdom to the situation when he is not fully seeing it. That is your job and your role. That's not what I mean to say. What I mean to say is how can you have this disagreement and this argument and this conversation in a way that could still bring honor to him and, Mm -hmm. and through Christ, through the Holy spirit. And, and you have to deny your flesh in order to do that. So when I say, I mean, don't yell at him and don't do these things that demean him, ask God to say, how would my husband receive this? And I know Mm -hmm. that we're all, I mess up, like I said, every single day and I'm going to pop off with something and I'm going to let my flesh, okay, come back quickly. Ask forgiveness for that. Come back to that. Mm -hmm. You know, ask God to help you. You can't do it on your own. Yeah, It's a learning process too, right? It's not like you're just going to make up your mind and like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And then everything's hunky dory after that. Like your flesh is going to rise up and you have to remember too, like I have to remind myself of this anytime, like I'm upset at Brian. I think the battle is not against flesh and blood, Mm -hmm. right? Like my battle is really not against Brian. It's the spiritual warfare that's happening against us. Mm -hmm. And we need to gear up. We need to put on the armor of God. And like Brittany said, pray first. That's the first and most important thing to do. Um, And then just remember your battle is not against your husband. Your husband is not your enemy. Your husband is your helpmate Mm -hmm. and you are his helpmate. And you might be in a disagreement right now, but it's not going to last. Like you will come to an agreement and you need to be fighting off the spiritual warfare and praying and speaking blessings and make sure that the disagreement is still honoring to God through the disagreement. Yes. Right? Yes. That was the point. Like, how can we come yeah. to a conclusion? Because you, you need, your husband needs your point of view. Your husband does need mm-hmm. what you bring to the table. Like I said earlier in the beginning, we are created to be whole together. We, we yeah. were, it's not man. Yes. Right. Yes. Connected souls, connected spirits. Yes. And so when I say that, what everything that I was saying, I just want you to be able to deny your flesh first honor God and then ask him, how can I, how can we have this conversation in a way or this whatever in a way that's going to be the most, cause okay. Is it that you want to be right? Or do you want to resolve the situation? Do you want to right. honor yourself or do you want to honor God? And most of the time I'll tell you, I want to honor myself because I'm mad and I'm right. And mm-hmm. so I need that to happen. Like that's where my mind is. But the more I get into this routine in the years as they've gone, it's so much better when I do it God's way. In the moment, it feels like it'll be better if I do it my way, my snap reaction. But when I've honored and been like, okay, I need to go somewhere. Or I'll tell you what, when I've seen my husband do it, and it's, I mean, it's been so many times I can't count. I don't want to say it like it's been, you know, like a few times. But when he comes to me and is like, I'm sorry. And he doesn't really have a reason to be sorry. I do. This is where it says like a gentle word turns away wrath. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty hard for me to be mad at him. And I want to go back to the prayer thing that you started off in the other podcast. Yeah. I had when, when, when we pray together for a husband and wife, the most, Mm -hmm. like the most vivid thing that God put in my mind about that prayer ministry. And I want to say it to you guys too, is Stand with your husband front to front, put your arms around him, let him put his arms around you. And if your schedule allows that you guys can pray in the mornings together, do it in the mornings. If your schedule, if you have a husband who's on the road or whatever it is, just 
call each other on the phone, that's great. But if you're blessed enough to have your husband there with you in the mornings or in the evenings or in the afternoon, whatever it may be, I always say morning because it starts your day, but it doesn't matter. That's not the point. I would, this is my biggest encouragement to you. You get, I don't mean just pray for your husband, get with him, put your arms around him and pray for him as a husband right there with him because Freddie and I do that. And the amount it's pretty hard to fight and quarrel with mm-hmm. your husband, when your hearts are literally touching, when you're doing this chest to chest, I can feel my husband's heart beating on my heart. There is an intimacy that is very symbolic of the joining that has happened in our marriage unit. And when I'm praying for my husband as a husband and father, his shortcomings aren't really there anymore. All I can think about is like, God, you know, thank you for the husband he is. Thank you for the father that he is. And guess what I'm doing when I'm saying that out loud to my husband? I'm honoring, I'm respecting, and I'm blessing him with the power and authority of Christ. So maybe my husband is not, maybe your husband is not the spiritual leader of your home. You should bless him as if he is. Because you're yeah. giving authority to that. Maybe your husband isn't even a Christian. You should bless him as if he is. And thank God for what you haven't actually seen happen yet. But either way, I would encourage you to start talking. If you've never prayed with your husband, if you're not even a big prayer and you don't know how to do that, start in that quiet space like we talked about. And then ask God to give you boldness to ask your husband, hey, could we just pray together in the morning and just be like, God, thank you for the coffee. Thank you for, you know, uh, waking us up. Amen. And go. And go from there. Starting is better and fumbling is better than never starting, you know. So I just want to encourage you guys that if you can do that, if you're blessed to be able to do that, hold your husband and pray with him as the husband and father and friend that he is and See that he doesn't want to return that to you too. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, it's okay. Like, it's okay. If it doesn't, if that doesn't work out, you can just pray that you'll work up to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Absolutely. I was trying to remember, there's a scripture about like, um, if a wife has an unbelieving husband. Do yeah. you remember what? Yeah, um, I do. I think that's in Peter. Um, but I don't want to tell you that. It's, it says that you will win him over with, I, I referenced it earlier, but not the actual scripture. It, you, I know. I was trying to look up the actual I scripture. I think it's that you'll win him over with your gentleness or with your wives and husbands in the same way, um, for the same way the women heard hope God long ago. Adorned. Hold on. I'm pretty Are sure it's in first Peter, but I could be incredible incredibly wrong remember we had to read the same scripture for you know it was like oh it's in the same place uh maybe second peter believers well, you're looking that up i just found another one um i was looking for this one too but i was i was looking more for the one that you're looking up but i found in first corinthians seven fourteen it says for the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife and go. the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband and I think that's so important because that's talking about like the power of your tongue, mm-hmm. right? Like you cover each other. Now that doesn't mean that because a wife is saved, the husband's automatically saved and vice versa, but it goes back to the blessings that our tongue speak or the curses um, that we've been talking about. 
Do you have? Did you find? No, I didn't find it. All I have is my Bible. Bible. I don't have like Google to type it in. I swear that it was in. um, uh, But maybe not. Maybe it's because that's where the weaker vessel is, and that's why it's sticking in my mind. But it does say. um, It does say that her humble spirit or something will win type in like win them over or just you know whatever scripture maybe it's in james i don't know but that's a really important one because i do think that a lot of people have um upside down situations in their home um yeah. whether it be the husband's not saved and the wife is or the wife is oh also another great if you have that situation in your home watch um the case for christ Yes, that's such a good one. Such a good one. So we, The Case for Christ and The War Room. Those are our two movie recommendations. And if you want, instead of a, if you're more of a book person, um, the book that is written based off of War Room is Fervent by Priscilla Shire. Mm. And it's really good too. It's a women's battle plan for um, like serious specific. Yeah. Plan. It's so so good, um, but I believe that I found it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Where's um, it at? <laughs> it is First Peter three one. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no living yep. with me now. Okay, go on. <laughs> oh, I know you did so good with that. Hmm. All right. So, in the same way, wives be subject to your husbands. Then, even if some are disobedient in the word, they will be won over without a word by the way that you live. Yes, there it is. One over. I knew that was in there. Man, do you... I, that is so sad. I have literally had that open, but I was looking on the wrong side, and that's just embarrassing. But I knew <laughs> it was somewhere. I knew it was yeah. somewhere, because not long after that, it does the 3-7 um, husbands in the same way. Treat your wives with considerations mm-hmm. as the weaker partners to show them honor as fellow heirs in the grace of life. Um, so that nothing hinders your prayers. Literally in the exact same place. All of it was just there, <laughs> just sitting right there. But but that's so true. Um, so, uh, so kind of just as a recap, I want to say your marriage is a power source from God, a design from God to be united, not in paper by your state, but in your actual inner being that you are abiding together. You are pursuing closely. Like it is, it is joined, joined. Like it's not, you know, like it's not parallel. You are joined and in a real spiritual side of the world, the enemy recognizes the power because it says that, I don't think we read that one. We did not read Christ <laughs> has the one about that husband, the, bridegroom. the Christ. Yeah. Can we read that? Cause that's like super important. We've referenced it like 56 times and, and we haven't actually read it. <laughs> Do you, um, I don't know. It is. I feel like it's in Corinthians, <laughs> but I don't actually know that. I probably just made that up. I'm pretty sure I made that up. Um, do you have, do you have the internet there? I do. I'm going to need you to look it up. Um, Christ. We're looking up as Christ is the bridegroom. Um, no, the husband is like Christ and the woman, the church. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. Christ is the bridegroom though. And yes. we are the wife. So, I mean, that's <laughs> also true, but that's not where I was at in my head. <laughs> I do want to say too, while um, I'm looking this up that I know we talked about prayer is important uh, in a marriage, but I also want to say that worshiping together mm. is also a beautiful way to have that soul spirit connection, you know, connection and unity. 
Um, all right. So I believe it is Ephesians oh, 5.22. Husbands, and this might not be the correct one, um, but I'm going to read it. And Husbands, love your wives just as yep. Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. Yes. And it says, it goes on to say, um, um, it says, and did you read 522? <laughs> I think I did. Did I not? <laughs> I don't know. Mine says wives submit to your husbands as to the oh, Lord. No, I didn't read that part. No. Okay. Because the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ mm-hmm. is the head of the church. He himself mm-hmm. being the savior of the body. But as the church submits to Christ, so also the wife should submit to their husband in everything. Husbands, love your wives. That's what you read. Just as Christ loved the church. So I feel like that's the scripture that always used to frustrate me during marriages or marriages, weddings. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's the one that the that society barks at. Right. But right. going back to everything we said before, you know, when you submit in line to your husband, submitting the word by itself does not denote it denotes that you have the power you have this saint right like if i have to submit it means i'm giving something up and christ's picture of that is not uh this is not of slavery okay it is of you as christ right like willingly gave up himself he's Uh asking that a wife would willingly give up her own desires to be the helper that the man has to have and and sometimes that does look like you know being like well you know my husband is the spiritual leader of my home I can tell you every time I've bucked Freddie on something uh there's been nothing but chaos and when I've finally fallen in line with it the blessings that come over our family and I'm like man I really went the hard way around this so that's all I can say right. to you testimony wise is that I know these words are hard I think for uh us to swallow sometimes not for me anymore because I've seen God's blessing in his hand in our life and I understand the design but I think for those who haven't quite accepted the design which is that you know Christ, it says here, mm-hmm. wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Right. The husband is the head of the wife. And then you you have to put scripture together because I think that's the one where sometimes people who are abusive, they take it out of context, right? But then it goes on to talk about also husbands, love your wives. And we go back to the scripture that says, honor your wife or your prayers will be hindered. You know, she is to be honored and cherished. She's to be, you know, crowned with honor, like all of these things that Christ is very serious about that. But that was the scripture Mm -hmm. that we keep referencing. And it's because if your husband is looking out for your what's best for you all the time and you are sacrificing and looking out what's best for your husband what happens everything falls into place but if you're looking for what's you know my dad always used to say it's not 50 50 it's 100 and 100 and some days it's 110 and you know and so that's true if you're giving 50 50 you'll never get there we will never get there um and so that just goes back to that point which is that um you know, when you talking, you have, you might have some other ways too. Cause I know prayer was the big one. 
I really think prayer is the the first place to start if your marriage is in a, a even if it's in a good place, it can be in a great place. But if it's in yeah. a shamble place or it's not where you really want it to be and it hasn't been for years and you guys are at the point of divorce or wherever you are, go there. Go to that place first and war and let God lead you. Um, and and um, yeah. And um, then the next thing. Well, you can never go wrong with prayer. No. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you can never go wrong with praise either, like worship either. But I uh-huh. think that that is one that's like happens typically when you are in an active relationship with God, both of you are right. We're like yeah. prayer is something that doesn't have to involve your husband, but will begin mm-hmm. your husband will come. I believe will come around because I've seen it um, as you pray for him, you know? Yeah. Um, so true. Yeah. So, so I feel like, you know, this is probably a, do you have more? What do you, you have anything else that God's put on your heart to no, share? I think that is, that's great. I mean, I'm sure that I could go on and on, but <laughs> yes, I know. I think I could. that, um, I think that's it. What about you? I think so. I know that I just, I want to say to please listen to the other, the beginning of this because I, you know, um, part one. Yeah. Part one. Uh, yeah, not the beginning of this, but the part beginning of the series is what I mean. And, and really listen to our, um, our heart about if you're in a situation that's abusive and what we do mean and what we don't mean. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, um, just knowing that you're not alone, no, and you're not broken. And if you are broken, that's actually a beautiful thing because God's power can shine through you and, I would say that there's nothing that is hopeless, even if it seems that way. And even if you've even spoken that out loud, it's not the truth. And I just uh, want to encourage all of you to get alone with God. So your power source, your marriage can be strengthened um, to the place in which he designed it to be. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. I'll pray us out on this one since I asked you on the other one. (laughs) Lord, we love you man, we just love you. You are so, so good. And, and this has been, um, very, very good for my heart. I thank you that you gave us marriage. I thank you that you gave it to us, um, as a picture of you. I thank you that you gave it to us for power. I thank you that you saw Adam and said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I thank you that you joined us together and that you created us to love and honor and um, reflect you. And so I just pray for all those who are listening, for those who are married, for those who are divorced, for those who are thinking about divorce, for those who've been in really hard situations, for the younger people, for the older um, 50 year anniversary type couples coming up, for the newlyweds, every situation in between God. I just pray, Lord, that each person individually would desire to have a relationship, a strong, firm foundation with you, and that as they join together in a unity that's like you and Christ in each other abiding, that they will um, both seek you together. Um, I pray for those that are hurting, pray for those that are um, feeling like this is the last straw. And I just pray for you to reach down and speak to them and to guide them and to lead them and to hold them in your arms, Lord. We thank you for this time together and we give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
declare over you God's word. Ephesians 1.17 I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better.